stayed alive. Show. Right. You ready? Yeah, I suppose so. Welcome back to Real Estate and Life Show. I just looked and we've not done anything since November 2018. I think it was our was our last time actually doing something. So it's been a while. Um, we, obviously the first round of doing this, we had lined up guests and did a few shows and that, but we were so production heavy that our time was kind of, it was, it was becoming a real pain in the backside and we were busy to try and schedule out three or four hours a week to do it. I think the thing was, is we also got busier outside of this. Doing other things. Yeah, uh, totally. I think we had the time to devote to this and then we had to use that time to do more work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So definitely come up with a new structure on it. So what we're doing now is obviously, you know, Randy's got a new studio we have. So we have a hub to set up for it. It's a lot easier just to bring guests into one place. It's easier for us to set it up like this as well to film and record it. And so we thought we were talking about coming back and doing something. And it just seems that with all this craziness going on with the coronavirus right now, it's almost not the ideal time to start it's probably not the right way to say it it's just we were talking about coming back and this is a topic where people I think especially in real estate right now need to have the information at their fingertips to maybe calm their nerves and things like that yeah we thought what better time to stop practicing social distancing <laughs> so I did think about that but uh, this table's is what six feet we're six, we're feet, six apart. feet apart right? so we're trying to follow the rules so what you make of all this corona stuff right now uh, it's just it's the unknown. It, it's kind of freaky. You're perfectly at ease, not doing anything, hanging out at the house, but then you also have the constant anxiety of, is everything going to the end? <laughs> yeah, I was in uh, Target the other day, and the guy behind me coughed. Normal cough. I think he was just like, maybe just yeah. some tickling in the back of his throat, you know? And <laughs> Everyone just stared him down. Oh yeah, probably not the uh, the best thing to be doing right now. But like I told you last night, like had the little tickle in my throat. I coughed and I was like, that wasn't a cough. That oh yeah, no, that was not. That was it was just trying to explain to myself, I'm fine. It's all of the memes right now you're seeing as well. People like stifling coughs. You know, yeah. when you just need a cough normally, something goes down the wrong hole with Corona. You're like mm. not coughing out loud at all. So. um it's kind of obviously in real estate, our um, our world's changed a little bit this week. How's it affected your end of stuff? From the for those who don't know, Randy is the marketing manager for Brown and Co. So puts together all of the materials for us shoots, videos, drone footage, everything like that of properties. How, how's that changed things for you? Well, I feel like everything's been a little less busy. Uh, this is normally the time where everybody's ramping up and everything's getting busier. Uh, and at the moment. Um, we still have some photo shoots and things going on, um, but it's not near as hectic as we, I think, anticipated before any of this happened. This is normally the ramp up to summer. Everybody's trying to list by spring, get a lot of photos, mm -hmm. video shoots in, but it hasn't been as busy. I would say last week was pretty normal, but starting Monday, things have progressively... Yep. yep. We're, we're, for us as a team, you know, the, the beginning of the year was crazy. We saw the, the Tulsa market really caught fire early on. We had a really great start to the year. I think the, the market itself was benefiting a lot. We saw real low inventory. So one of the numbers I follow very closely is for Tulsa 
Jinx and Bigsby schools their their inventory year on year February of this year compared to February of last year the volume of new listings coming to the market was down 7% so less inventory coming out but closings was up 26% for that market there's a crazy disparity huge disparity there and so that was being driven by low interest rates people trying to get out there and really capitalize on these low interest rates you'll see them right now and so things were going great and you see if you look at new listings and things that were coming in march i'd been predicting from like mid-january that march was going to be huge it was going to be a massive massive month i obviously did not predict coronavirus no. coming around as well so we i've been following those numbers for the whole of our mls system so the basically the whole eastern half of the state and the beginning of the month you know, we saw a, a big increase in listings coming on. Things were great. But over this last week or so, you know, if you look through the data in terms of new listings, it, it, it's dropped literally these last three or four days. It's below average for the rest of the month in terms of new listings coming out and things like that. And I think that's that's only expected right, right now. And we're going to dive into the data a little more. But we have seen less listings, definitely less showings right now. Obviously, people just practicing using common sense. I had a client the other day just talked to me on the phone. She's like, you know, Stephen... We still want to list. We still want to help sell. But right now, we just exercise in common sense. We just want to wait to the end of the month, right. push things off, and that's great. That's less kind of open what we houses. Oh yeah, I think so, a lot less people uh-huh. are doing open houses. So, so we met at the beginning of this week and talked about you know what are we going to do open house wise, right? You're seeing some you know people out there say, hey, we're going to implement our our own coronavirus open house guidelines, which is you know. You, we're realtors, right? We should stick to our lanes. We're not microbiologists or doctors or healthcare professionals. So let's focus on what we know. And so we just kind of decided, look, broad strokes, let's just not do open houses for two weeks. And it was fun. It was interesting because, you know, I was with, uh, um, I went to see someone the other day and their assistant, you know, greeted me at the door and limited contact getting in and out of their offices. And she asked me what was going on with real estate. And I told her, you know, we're not doing open houses. And she actually said, that's great. You know, good for you. That's like, don't put pressure on your clients. Don't put pressure on other people. I I, I appreciate you doing that. I think that's the smart thing to do. And so that was good feedback. So, you know, I I think it's just different right now. Have you had any clients? I mean, still wanting to see homes, I guess. Uh Uh-huh. But. Yes. So, I mean, so, someone, uh, you know, we reached out to everyone in our database yesterday and I had more responses to a text saying, hey, if you have any questions about, you know, how is coronavirus affecting the real estate market, trends we're seeing, data that's coming out, let me know. I had more responses to people asking questions on that than anything. And, you know, what we're seeing right now is you still have people that are buyers that know exactly what they want. They know specifically what they're looking for. And if that lists, they're still going to go and get it. Yeah. yeah. And so what you're probably seeing less of right now is looky-loose. You're probably seeing less people going, you know, we're just curious about this house. Like we, You know, there's one or two people I'm working with right now that may be, you know, two or three months out of buying. And originally were, hey, we're going to check out as much as we can in the market to get a feel for what's out there and see what we do and don't like. But those people right now are just shutting up shop because why take that risk if there's no need to, right? Heed the guidelines. Don't do that. And so, again, there is that population that are looking. And Tulsa has certain markets that I bet right now if you listed something in Florence Park under 250 in good shape, 
three bed, one bath, two bath. Yeah, it's going to go. Yeah. Because that's still an in-demand property. But if there's, you know, I think other people are kind of taking a step back. And we're fortunate as a market in Tulsa. It's pretty stable. Yeah. We're not like a Portland or somewhere like that where it goes in 40 minutes. Through the process, like I know you can technically, you can see your home virtually. You can mm-hmm. go schedule to see it. When it comes to like, if you're in the process and closing, you can sign paperwork. Uh-huh. But then, yeah, like an actual closing, I guess, like when, with the title company. Still in can, person, yeah. You still have to go. Yeah, it's got to be wet sign. So, you know, we have a, a client right now that was, they started negotiations on a deal two weeks before this got really bad. And, you know, they're, 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 they're real close now to where they need to be. And so what we've talked about is we can sign all the paperwork virtually. We can change the way we handle inspections to, instead of saying, look, we're going to put every inspector in that house in one go, because we, we're a fan of the team home inspection model. So that's bringing a termite guy, roof guy, structural guy, EMP guy, security guy, pool guy, if there's one, all in the house at the same time. We can break that down over six days, 24-hour period. Everyone starts at 9 o'clock and then they just go nine o'clock Monday structural, nine o'clock Tuesday roof, nine o'clock Wednesday termite, and just break it down that way. So there's ways to go around it. Now with closing, sure you still got to do that in person. But if you're running your contract out far enough, you know, thirty, forty days out, you should be through the worst of it. Yeah, I'm sure they're having their own protocol as well. Like Yeah, the, of course. They're so, gonna clean them they're gonna like yeah. and those guys sanitize and clean wash their hands and all those things. So, you know, it's kind of changing that. It was it was weird the other day I met um a agent and his client at inspections for the first time and no one shook hands <laughs> yeah and everyone just kind of stood away from each other outside the house while inspections were going on and reconvened very shortly to hear the the findings and then break up again but you know what we we really wanted to talk about today and focus on is actually what the data is saying right now mm-hmm. because some people are talking about you know is this are we headed into a recession is the recession going to affect real estate market First and foremost, if you look at actually, you know, what recessions have done, you know, the last five recessions, if you look at them, during that time, actually, housing value of three of them increased. The only time they decreased, you know, 2008 was obviously a really bad one, but it was a real estate driven financial disaster. So that changed the market. You had overinflated house prices oversupply of house prices and really easy money lending practices that you do not have now that were causing that issue then they're they're no longer in play that's no longer an issue so this is kind of a different scenario if you look at the market now we have a lot lower inventory than we had before lending guidelines are a lot more stringent there's a lot more equity in people's homes so some of those factors that contributed to that housing crisis we're not seeing now so that's a that's something to be very cognizant of as well right now. So when people talk about it, is this going to be a real estate recession or things like that? The data says otherwise. It doesn't say that that's what it is at all right now. So, you know, if you listen to uh, the NAR's chief uh, economist, you know, people like that right now, what they're saying is they don't feel like that's where this is headed at all. This is more of, I heard a guy yesterday describe this as like uh, in the Northeast, you know, when they get the big snowstorms that shut the cities in for two weeks, they can't do anything. He said, this is like an extended snowstorm. It's not like people had something happen that's huge and financial, uh, that's hurting the economy as a whole. It's more of, well, it's it's a natural occurring disaster, right? Let's not get into conspiracy theories about 
whether it's man-made or not, but it's the it's a it's a virus that's affecting it. It's not a financial thing. It's, so sure that has knock-on effects on the economy, and we're seeing that in Tulsa with you know restaurants having to shut shut their doors and only go to curbside delivery pickup and basically almost anything else except for yeah. essential. Eventually, it might get to where it's just grocery stores and restaurants. Yeah, so they're talking about you look at California yesterday, right? They've done that lock-in thing where it's basically only go out for essential visits. What's open? Pharmacies, grocery stores, veterinarians, right. those things. So, you know, the data says otherwise right now. Another thing that happened last week was the Fed cut the Federal Reserve interest rate to zero. Right. That's not total mortgage rates. The Fed Reserve rate is the rate at which they lend my, banks lend money to each other. Now, that's important right now because people need short-term loans to pay things and banks need to lend money to each other if they need to. But banks are in a good position cash-wise right now. They have strong balance sheets. So they can lend money to each other. And that's that interest rate is to help them do that, to yeah. stimulate that. The real thing that follows interest rates for mortgages is the uh, 10-year Treasury bond note rate. That has mirrored it for like 50 years. They're pretty much the same. If you pull up graphs of where the Treasury bond rate has gone pretty much as a symbiotic relationship with interest rates. They kind of follow in parallel until last week. For the first time last week, interest rates went up a little bit as the Treasury bond rate went down. You know, the, the, it's, there's a guy called uh, Barry Habib did a great video online where he explains how the, those two affect each other, basically by people buying in, by big investors taking their money from their funds and buying more, say, the treasury notes, it drives down that interest rate, and then they're gonna go buy mortgage notes, and then it's gonna drive down that interest rate. Then they're gonna go back and buy treasury notes, and it's gonna drive down that. Then it's gonna drive down mortgage rates again, because they're switching back and forth, until they go back into the stock market. Well, right now, no one's going into the stock market, big time, because it's low. Unless you have a really long time horizon, like for people like us, it's a great time to be buying in the stock market. If you're someone who's, Four or five years from retirement, three or five years, it's, it's probably a little scary right now for those people. Yeah. So the stock market brings on us onto another type of buyer we're seeing right now, um, the cash buyer. So the cash buyer right now, if they're getting their funds from their 401k, let's say they had, you know, let's say before they started, they had a million dollars in there for simple math when they lose 30% of their value in there. Well, that million dollars is now $700,000. And they were going to take 250000 out of that to go buy their house, which would have left them with... Now it's going to leave them with four fifty. Originally, it was going to leave them with seven fifty. Right. Those people are a little bit a little bit scared, right? So there's, I heard... Uh, I spoke with an, an agent's closing manager last week. She told me they had a cash deal that the buyer said, hey, we're, we're terminating this contract. We're going to revisit it if things get better. Hopefully, the house is still available. But right now, we are good with missing that. That's not a problem to us. Now, <clears throat> what is different about this situation, potentially, is because the cost of borrowing is so low, because mortgage rates are so low historically right now, some of those cash buyers could go out, in theory, and get a mortgage to cover them, make sure they still get that house, pay very little interest, and then as the market recovers, in for it, whenever it recovers, ultimately it will, let's say it recovers fully in, in three years, within three years, great, go take that money out you were gonna take out in three years time and, and pay off your mortgage then. But everyone seems to, if you listen to anyone talking about this right now, anyone really in the know with the Fed 
NAR, any of those groups, they're telling you, they really see this as a short-term crisis. They don't feel it's a long-term one. Because again, once the virus is, is through, and we've seen the worst of it, and it's broke, and it's on the way down, things will start to slowly recover and, and return to normal. And it feels like with the, so with the Federal Reserve, they also, with the rate cut, they also injected money into the housing market so by the, buying up... So, well, it's not the Fed buying up mortgages. What technically you have is you have money managers where you set parameters for what they're doing with their funds. So if you're going to buy a fund with me and I'll tell you, okay, look, I'm buying, uh, the, the example this guy gave is, you know, if I'm going to buy things with a, a four to six year uh, steady interest return on it where I know for four to six years I'm going to garner this much percentage return, like on a mortgage, right? Uh, that I'm going to buy, um, I'm going to hold on to those mortgages. Well, what happened was, and this has been another thing, separate and apart from coronavirus, but this is what was happening, was people then were refinancing. You take someone like me, right, bought my house last summer, we got a great rate on the house, but rates got so low, we're having a conversation with our lender, hey, should we refi now? And the answer is, yeah, if you get the rate where it needs to be, refi. Well, if that, that go back to that portfolio guy, if he bought stock, bought my mortgage, and he's telling his investors, "I'm gonna hold on to things that are there for four to six years," I'm no longer I, I no longer fit their parameters because my note I've changed in a year. So he has to go buy something else. We go buy his ten-year treasury bonds because they're considered safe and they have a fixed percentage rate. But then their percentage rate drops and becomes gets driven down by everyone buying them. So then they go buy something else where they go back to the mortgages, and it goes back and forward, back and okay. forward, back and forward. It's like a spiral. What the Fed have done with the injection, this $1 trillion thing you're hearing about them trying to push through Congress to put in the economy right now, is essentially taxpaying Americans get, uh, I think the highest amount is like 1200 bucks. So if you earn less than $100,000 in a year as a taxpaying American, you're going to receive a check, in theory, I think it's between 600 to $1,200, the, the, the terms that I've read of where it could be. And then you're gonna, the idea is that you use that money and go back into the economy. However, some people right now consider that the same as like uh, wringing out your shirt when it's raining. Let the rain go before you change clothes, right? And what they're saying is, if you're doing that while this virus is going on, you're probably not really stimulating it. One of the best ideas I heard a guy talk about was do like a, a tax-free weekend or a tax-free week, stimulate the economy. If you did no liquor tax, no on a weekend, no tax on like going to the movies, those leisure activities, like extracurricular stuff, people are more inclined that weekend to go out and spend money, which would stimulate the economy in a healthier way, is what yeah. this guy was saying. And that's really interesting to listen to a different side of it, because obviously right now, the idea of stimulating the economy now is to help people get through this, right? If you're in the service industry, the majority of people in the service industry, they say live check to check. So if you're living check to check and someone gives you 1200 bucks, that's huge. That could be your rent and bills for the next month to bridge this gap that we're seeing right now. So that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to bridge that gap, yeah. ultimately. Um, so, you know, another thing that is really interesting right now, a stat that I saw was that the, um, the income that people are spending, the percentage of their income being spent on their um, their living expenses right now is lower than it's ever been. The affordability index is better, like buying houses, owning a property, what you're paying in that house or rent is lower than it was in 2008 too. 
So if people are losing their jobs, if you're in a spouse, if you and your spouse, one of you loses a job, the chances are you can tighten your belt buckle and make it through this till the other one gets a job. It's not like in 2008 when you would have just been stuck. Yeah. So and they still say that the majority of Americans still live paycheck yeah. to paycheck. And so the fear of everything being closed down mm-hmm. or people who work in service industries or any typical normal job where they can't work yep. or things get shut down. I know that there's that fear of how are we going to get through? But like you said, if the cost of living is lower or yep. hopefully, like you said, tighten their belt. If there's a <laughs> stimulus that comes through that helps you carry that, right? That's the that's the whole idea of it. So, you know, what right now obviously we're seeing less showings. They've talked about maybe just postponing some closings. Because people ultimately still want to buy their house, right? Just might not be able to do right. it now. It might not be a good idea to get movers in your house, Yeah. go to a closing company, all of those things. The crazy <clears throat> thing is due to all the circumstances, before this started happening in America, rates were really good. Yeah, historically and really good. people <clears throat> were buying houses. Things were not sitting on the market very long, at least in Tulsa. Mm-hmm. I felt like we were moving yeah. along with selling homes. Uh, we had a bunch of agents working with purchases. And then this happens. The Fed shows up, does the interest rate cut. And then people are wondering, what does that do for me if I am a serious buyer? And yeah. it, it's like still a, it's sad, not sad, but it's weird that there is this terrifying thing that's happening for people. But then it's also a really good time if you were serious no, at looking right. at a house. <clears throat> so, you know, Tulsa is an interesting market because obviously we're oil backed, right? A lot of the economy in Tulsa is derived from people within the oil and gas industry. And that's in its own mess right now. Oil super low of OPEC and the Saudis and all of that oil right there, they're flooding the market with, really reducing that. So it's having a knock on effect too. So we've got another thing affecting the economy right now in Tulsa. There is a huge, huge, huge deal. That being said, when this does clear up because it, it will eventually what does that look like i feel the floodgates going to open because you know we've got some listings right now we had something like uh 20 listings coming to market maybe two weeks ago i think if you look we've probably added two two or three new listings to the market in that time right so that means there's more still coming and we've still got people calling us that want to meet and list, talk about listing their home or at least discuss it over the phone or review paperwork virtually or get with us on FaceTime and show us their house and ask us their opinions. We're doing pre-listing walkthroughs, but we can just do it from our home for right. being safe. So that inventory is going to hit the market. Right. And it almost may funnel. Like exactly. It's right? going to show up. It's going to bottleneck. You're going to have a ton of inventory hit. It's going to be great for buyers and sellers alike, which is super unique because inventory is nationally low, historically low, right? Tulsa inventory is low, like we talked about. We saw 7% less hit the market in February. Lord knows how low it's going to be for March compared to to last year. And you are going to have these buyers that are going to have these low interest rates as well, helping them go and get what they need, right? And so I think you're going to have people really take advantage of it. And just like we saw the market continue longer into the summer when the Tulsa schools shut last year, I think you're going to see the market continue longer this summer with the uh, virus having the delay it has on the spring buying season. Right. So, like, is in Tulsa, mm-hmm. you, do you, I don't know if you have the numbers right now, is March 
March through May, typically, like, is it starting? So, yeah, the pitch, so the spring peak of the season, season is like the, the spring season is when Tulsa kicks off, right? They talk about it being after Valentine's Day and then right. really catching fire after spring break. All those people looking to, if they have kids, move into mm-hmm. a new school district yeah, for the it. next yeah, summer. Yeah, exactly. Be right. established and ready to move. We're going to write in April, we're going to close in June, or we're going to write in May and close in the summer, and our kids are going to be little Timmy's going to be ready to go to school in August, September when it starts up again in his new school district. Right. Well, this summer, I think it's going to be a lot quicker. You may see even shorter closing periods too. You may see people instead of saying, hey, I'm going to wait 30 days. No, I really need to be in there in 21. Lenders are going to have to be working hard to do that. Total companies are going to be having to work hard to do that. And agents are going to really be having to bust their butts to kind of manage their clients and set expectations and get this thing done. But I feel like ultimately that where this is headed is is strong. If you listen to Wells Fargo, Goldman Sachs, heard of them they know a little bit about finances right they're talking about q3 and q4 this year having huge positive growth and they think that's just going to continue into q1 of 2021 because the economy was doing so well unemployment was down uh what else did we have the stock market was doing great all of those things were going really well people were buying homes that that now has kind of just frozen literally just stopped freeze everyone wait we're going to start again so we have to have this little lull but afterwards it's going to pick up and I think you know Q3 and Q4 if you listen to any of the indications or anyone who knows what they're talking about seems like it's headed in a really strong direction do you have any just for the people who are not necessarily a serious buyer right now Mm -hmm. what um would you tell them to consider it or I mean obviously do your homework figure out if this is a time Uh but if you were on the on the verge yeah now's the time to possibly i mean prepare yourself for maybe this influx of homes and inventory yeah so i mean so there are a lot of things you can do to get prepared to buy a home without having to leave your house right one of the first things i'm gonna tell you is you know for brown and co clients what we're telling them new prospective clients is that call us let's do a conversation let's do something over the phone right sit down talk to me Let's have a chat, work with one of our agents on the team, and we'll help you get with, you know, one of the lenders that Brown & Co. likes to recommend. You know, shop those guys, talk to them, interview them. You can get pre-qualified over the phone. You can get pre-approved over the phone. You can pull your bank statements digitally, come back to us, and what we'll do is we'll set you up with an automatic search and help you start to filter properties coming through. Now, you're going to build a short list of homes that you want to see in person, and that when you're ready to go see them, Get out there, go see them and make the most of it because you're going to have good buying opportunities. Again, how does it look with, you know, if people have lost their jobs, obviously that's not something they're going to be looking to do. If you have a fear of looking at, fear of potentially losing your job, that's probably not what you want to be do right, be doing right now. But the reality is that this is going to pass at some point. When it does, be prepared to move forward if that's what you want to do. And, you know, I heard a guy talking today. He said, you never know that you may have some people... <laughs> that during this time have stayed at home with their whole family and be motivated to move because they're all on top of each other, which that probably wasn't something they were considering before. So yeah, they just, now I need more space. Yeah. We need to get that game room. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. We need more space. So who knows? But I think the reality is you can always be prepared in this situation for when it cleans up. My advice to anyone looking to right now as always is to talk to lenders, get pre-qualified, figure out what you can afford, reach out to your agent, get them to set you up a search, be watching what comes on the market, get an idea of what you like, and then just be ready to go when you can. And 
be safe, everybody out there. Be safe. Do yes. Do what you can to help flatten the curve. Yes, common sense, right? That's just like I said. That client said to me the other day. She said it's not. Our plans haven't changed. Nothing's changed about our situation in terms of wanting to buy, wanting to move. We're just using two weeks of common sense right now. Yeah, that's great. That's a great way to be. I think one of the biggest things I've. I mean, even as my industry, I have to go two places, go to shoots, go to locations, and I'm just trying to do everything I can to make sure like we're not crossing this boundary of, hey, shaking hands. You don't need to shake hands. You don't need to be within six feet of each other. Just do your due diligence. Yeah, be smart about it. Everybody safe. May may not be for you, but for someone else. So Yeah, for sure. Well, Tulsa, you be good out there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Thanks for listening. And like I said, we're gonna we got some cool guests lined up for this season. We're gonna try and cover as much about real estate and life as possible, like you know we like to do. So uh, Tulsa, stay cool and we will be around.